cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. The ground is soft, it's not... It's oh, it's not, heavy. Soft on time. So it's it's heavy. Okay. And a, and a very warm welcome to the Barstuers Inquiry Sunday Sermon. My name's uh, Lee Keyes of systembet.co.uk and with me this evening to chew the fat, especially about this weekend's racing, is John Lang of John Joe's Blogspot and Lorne Marver, Chris. A good, a good afternoon to you, Jen. I hope it's been a, a good, a good weekend. What are we saying about this weekend? Um, I mean, some amazing action um, in France, Ireland, uh, and the St Ledger, and it's it's where to start, really. Um, so I tell, I, I tell you what, I'll um, I'll start with a quick forty six on YouTube, and um, and this is probably the tweet of the week, really. And he said, uh, waited all week. He said for Hitler's thoughts. <laughs> And he, and he comes up with with a patent my granny or the blogger could have fingered. <laughs> how, how, however, he did get in John Joe's uh, uh, ribs a bit, which is always worth a listen. <laughs> Absolutely spot on, quick forty six. Yeah, don't listen to Hitler. You know, I mean, I mean, this is what this is what we have to put up with. We, we put up with him all the time. Um, but to be fair to him, as Ian Davis has said, he's given some big winners, John. You know, this this season. Yeah, the bubble's burst now, though, haven't they? <laughs> but how soon, how soon you forget all those big winners? Eh? He has one bad day and you're coating the poor bloke, honestly. But well, we, I'm a Hitler fan, obviously. But you know? where we where we where we surprised that he went all blocker, John? No, it's always been on the cards. I mean, his name in his younger days, his nickname was Fav. <laughs> Yeah. I can see that. So we apologise for Hitler's performance. And we can also apologise for our performance this week because apart from um, certainly uh, a certain Bickley 14, Mr Richmond, uh, digging us out of the mire uh, to stop us having a sort of a, a mayor of a meeting, um, he managed to land the Portland winner. So thank you, Andy. Uh, great contributor, as always. Landed the star sports job with the, with the NFL as Andy. So good luck with that. Um, so Mr Mr Ben Keith, etc. So yeah, in, and Andy's all a good NFL judge. So, so that was nice to see. Um, Our job offers will start rolling in. That's it, yes. Come on. Where, where are you folks? Jesus, there's some expertise here. You know, you're employing idiots. Somebody <laughs> rang me up last week and asked me to care for him. <laughs> we should get him on to tip up a few NFL uh, selections. Well, I can tell you now, I, 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 he asked me the other day, I did read his preview, um, and it took me about four days. And, um, it, it, and I got through it, and he's very keen on Buffalo um, uh, outright. And he likes, he likes Buffalo to win over ten and a half games in this NFL season. So if any NFL fanatics, that's Andy's sort of nap. Uh, Buffalo to win more than 10 and a half games in the regular season. He's very, very keen on that. And to be fair, Andy spent a lot of his time to that and he's he's a cracking judge, sir. So. 
who am I to argue? I just love watching the NFL, to be honest. And to be honest, it's just an excuse to drink gin until 4 a.m. and watch the late night game. So really, but... on in the background, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Whatever, really. Absolutely, yeah. Max the credit card out. Yeah. Watch the NFL. That kind of thing. Um, so anyway, so, so good luck to Andy in that. Um, Rob Jackson, um, he, he posed a question to us uh, on Friday, but obviously we've got a very busy show. When you got the Hitler in town, you have to roll out the red carpet for the tank. Um, and, you know, that's 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 where we're at. So we were stuck for, for time to ask questions. But Rob Jackson asks, Lee, John and the panel, who is your favourite British national trainer? And dare I ask, Irish national trainer? And do you think that Fat Gordon will have a win strike rate of about 35% in his first month back, seeing his horses have been left to drop in rating to gain more profit on his return. John, I'm coming to you on that. Yeah, well, favourite uh, national entrainer is after Venetia. <laughs> mental image, mental image, John. Venetia in a bog, especially. Matt's <laughs> resting. I can see the fry. I can see the fry listening to this howling. Venetia when the mud's flying, yeah. Um, yes, when it, when it gets mucky. Fasting <laughs> <laughs> now. <laughs> but what, I think toast are heavy or, you know, that kind of mucky or... Yeah, something like that, I think. <laughs> Storming up the hill. Uh, yeah, favourite Irish jumps trainer. Um, well, he ain't got many now, but uh, for all time's sake, I'd say old Jim Draper. Ah, right. Tim, so, Tim, Tim, Tim still, Draper. Still got a spot for Jim. Oh, Jim Draper. Sorry, yeah. 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 Jim, Jim Draper. Yeah. I mean, was it he, he? Obviously, limestone lab, etc. Is that right? No, that was um. Ugh, forgot my name. Come on, James. Uh, but uh, he, he's had a few nice old chases and that, and he used to send the other one over to Liverpool for the second mate and things. And I, I, I dare say he doesn't know me now. Over the years, I, I quite like James Ossie. So, what we're thinking about Fat Gordon then on his return? Is, is, is this going to be uh, like a, a Super Yankee at Perth? Some you know, in sometime in September. Well, the way bloody snows he's been training him, you'd think he could win 56 handicaps <laughs> with half the bloody yard, wouldn't you? Uh, God almighty, he's coming back to some well handicapped horses, isn't he? I mean, did anybody show where gallops were, or has he not been able to find them? Yeah, it's, it's strange times. Uh, I kind of get where Rob's coming from. Um, I think I think we're talking Gordon probably coming back with a high strike rate because this is what the racing game's about really. It's about looking good and he's probably you know thought well we can we, we can have some nice nice handicapping runs and then look look well yes Gordon's back in full bloom and that's why Sheevely Park studs can't be bothered uh, to you know to travel to Lambourne to find a decent trainer they have to travel to uh, Dublin. Um, you know, for their uh, horses to be trained. But there we go. Uh, 
it's an interesting conundrum for you, but yes, we agree, Rob. I, I could see Gordon starting off like a hound somewhere. Won't that be? I mean, I guess from a punting perspective, that's been picked up by quite a few people. Like, so I'm guessing that's going to be factored into the market for, for a lot of those horses. I think everyone's expecting a, a bonanza when he gets come gets back up and running. So maybe there, there might be value looking elsewhere in some of those races. Yeah, yeah I'd, imagine, I'd imagine, sir. I think that's fair, fair, fair comment. Um, John Stevenson's been on. He says if racing TV can ever get membership linked to the website for everyone so that people could actually use racing TV extra, it would not be so bad. Um, but like a few people, uh, if I want extra, I have to lose my tracker and start again. Now, I, I get John's point here because... We, we obviously subscribe to Racing TV via Sky. And what happens is you are then have to set up a separate subscription uh, on, on the racing. It's not all connected. You can't just like type in your Sky number or whatever and you, you automatically get accepted to Racing TV. You have to then piss about and then and like, like, like John's saying. So if you do it through different means, either you subscribe online, then you go through Sky or whatever, it's not connected. So it's it's pathetic. It's and we had to jump through. So I agree. Again, it's typical of a of a of a jockey club race course setup. Really, you know, absolute bollocks. Um, so John, I'm in your camp there, mate. Uh, I, I, I struggled, and it took. It took a lot of pissing about to get that set up, but don't, don't know what any any of our listeners think to that. What about you? What about our panelists? What do you? Do any of you problem have problems with your racing TV and extra? No, not really. No, not, 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 not really. I mean, I suppose. Sorry, John. I mean, I suppose for you guys, it's more of an issue. For me, it's just a sort of a Joe Punter subscriber. It's not really an issue. But but I can see I can see your your correspondent's point of view on that. Yeah, they, they don't link them. It, literally, if, if you subscribe to like racing TV via Sky, you know, you, 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 good good luck with trying to get racing TV extra uh, from that subscription. You, you've you've then got to jump. You, you've then got to piss about setting up another. You know, and it, I don't know. Uh, my producer did it for me because I was bored. Um, so that, that that showed how much how difficult it was. Anyway, anyway, listeners, get in touch with our like, racing TV idiots. I think they are. Um, Fifty pence each way's bead on. Um, and he said, <laughs> it's, it's, your, it's, "It's your other account, isn't it?" <laughs> yeah, my, my, my troll account. Yeah, your troll. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he says, um, "Oh, I don't know if it's me. That's a terrible assumption." Um, Especially this day and age. Yeah, sorry, um, yeah. Uh, who who cares about build up? Let me see replays of the race from different angles afterwards. Right? John, I'm coming to you on this. Is it about the build up to get people's people to bet and get and encourage people to bet? Or is it about let me see the replays of the race afterwards in more depth? What what what's the balance all about? I, I wish there was more available replays from different angles and things subsequent to the event. Um, I think like when you go on the Racing Post site, it'd be nice to get a, a view from behind the pack, things like that. Obviously, it, everything's got an attendant cost these days. You know, you'd think that for the good of the game, race cars, technical services would be able to provide things like that to the post, but 
it never seems to work like that, does it? Um, you know, yeah. I mean, the the actual live camera work on races that are televised on terrestrial television, particularly, are very poor. You know, I mean, this is zoning in, so you can see right up the nose of the leading jockey and things like that. It's no help to in running punters. It's no help to anybody that's trying to analyse a race. Um, you, you know, I mean, there's a fine line between what people that's having a bet want to see and what your casual viewer might say. Oh, isn't that, you, you know, but <laughs> you're not getting anything back for isn't that a lovely picture other than maybe an award that you could well do without at the end of the year, you know, the best camera. Right? <laughs> sure. It's... Um, it's not good at the minute for for people watching or reviewing racing seriously. No, I mean, uh, Chris, do you do you think um, John Irons has added, added to this and sort of said, what is your ideal Saturday in terms of number of meetings, race times, etc.? Um, he thinks we should have a clear, clear gap before a big race for a, for a nice build-up to obviously encourage betting. Um, my own view before you give yours is that uh, Saturday I think is terrible in terms of racing TV sometimes end up with six meetings on a Saturday and if you've got a if you're watching on a 20 inch TV and they have to go two or three split screens I know they're trying to help with race times but you get no build up you get no after race uh, analysis I, I just think it's it's really really poor and and the I, I just I just think that that's not selling the product because before they've time to talk about the end of a group three they're going off to somewhere else for a for a hundred thousand pound handicap and they're going in the stalls and you've barely talked about any of the runners and I just think how is that selling the product or making people wanting to go out and have a bet now i i agree entirely i mean i agree with john's point that that the that the angles and, and that the actual uh, visuals aren't really conducive to, to analyzing a race but i do agree with john uh, as well in the sense that that you know the build-up is absolutely critical to um, what's the word generate anticipation because the, the whole of the product is funded by people betting. So I think you've got to give the feature races at least uh, plenty of time to build up interest and to encourage people to have a bet. You know it, it's all about showcasing the sport. But but in terms of coverage, pre-race coverage, the only coverage I'm interested in seeing actually. I want the coverage from the Wayne room before the evening meetings at Wolverhampton in the winter. So I know what's going to go on. That's what we want. We want hidden cameras in the Wayne room to find out who's going to be winning. <laughs> but, but that's the one that would really be good. The, 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 the Wayne room in for Yeah, exactly. That's what we want. We want to know. I'm making yeah. it. No, yeah, I'm... exactly. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll drop out and you come through and just do me on the line. That's the sort of coverage we want. And I think you'll find people will appreciate that sort of coverage. But uh, I dare say that's a few years down the line. But no, the serious point is, yeah, it's a, you've got to sell the product. And you're right, back-to-back races. And it's laughable that you get a group race where you get 30 seconds of post-race analysis before they go and have a bumper at Sligo or somewhere. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's 
it's it's the BHA, it's the planning, it's just nonsense. But if you want to encourage people to have a bet, you've got to build up and make a lot of the big races. But from a betting angle, not the story angle or, you know, or or the usual rubbish. Gin mixes and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's about building anticipation. So I agree with all of those points, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And just to expand on that, um, I would would say say my my ideal week in terms of enjoyment because right, I, I agree with actually trying to push Sundays as a better day for the sport. Um, I mean, I, I've owned a bit today because obviously there's so much action. France, uh, Cora, then we've got they're doing the, the sky bet thing, the hair dot thing that's going on as we record. Um, and, and there's so much to go at. Again, I'm, I'm not so sure again that this is so wise. I'm thinking sort of going back to old school, two on a Monday, two on a Tuesday, three on a Wednesday, build it up towards a weekend feature. So two, two, three, then maybe four Thursday, five Friday, five Saturday, and maybe three or four on Sunday. And make the Saturday and Sunday the the sort of centrepiece. If that's the route we're going down, you know, you can't have six and seven meetings on a Monday. No. I mean, I mean like we've had this summer, it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, it, you know, I mean, if you look at some of the Sunday cards, not recently, remember a couple of weeks ago, I mean, you've got two meetings, they're dreadful, dire, you know, you've got a bit of summer jumping and, and a very small card up north. And you think this is this is the day when people, in theory, have all the day to themselves. It's devoted to leisure. You know, why not make more of the Sunday rather than having a sort of a summer jumping card and something, something well, awful? Well, in so punters know where they stand, John. Would would you would you not put all the sort of not to fifty fives, not the sixties, not the sixty fives on a Monday and Tuesday? That'd be a fantastic thing, wouldn't it? Really? Because who's watching? Well, nobody's watching. That's the problem with those races. I mean, I mean, no, like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you do, because you've got a big horse population. So, I mean, Monday and Tuesday, you could possibly have, I don't know, three, maybe even four meetings, and you know for a fact it's it's not the 65 Monday, Tuesdays. You know. And it, and it, and it, and it stops this nonsense of, of having Sunday meetings with scrap, and it stops this. And all of a sudden, you're building your, you're building your product up. The punters know it's a build-up. Monday, Tuesday, ah. Uh, shite then it's oh wednesday a little bit better and thursday oh we've got a saturday i mean we've all heard the term haven't we saturday horse we've got a saturday horse fantastic you know that there's a reason why you say saturday horse well it's no good having naught to 55 on a saturday but 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 to play devil's advocate we and i and i'm in the same camp we all hear moan when they move the derby to a saturday or the ebor to a saturday we say oh it should be you know it should be midweek that's how it's always been you know, so, so you know, I, I, I'm probably as guilty as anybody. But but I think my, my gut feeling is, you know, the weekends where people have time for leisure, that's where, the, you know, the, prem, the Premier League play football on a Saturday. They always have. Why? Because that's when most people have got the time to go through the gates or, or watch it. So why not yeah. race it? I mean, there's argument, like you say, as well, to, to sort of move to Sunday in these modern times for racing because, you know, like the Premier League, like you just said, as as mostly, it does have Sunday as well. Yeah, but sure. But, but the thing is, racing does get a lot of coverage on Sunday. I mean, today, I would imagine it's got a lot of coverage. And I think that's where we probably need to aim at in modern times, even though I'm a big Derby on Wednesday advocate. I loved it. I loved it. People took a day off. People, people, normal people took took part in the world's greatest horse race. And I think we've lost that. 
uh, over time. Um, but yeah, um, it's, it's a fascinating topic, John. Thanks for the question. Uh, we're going to move on now to the um, racing angle for this weekend, and we've had a question regarding what we think to Hurricane Lane's St. Ledger performance on the Saturday in terms of rating uh, from Nick the Nipper. Um, he was interested how we how we how we'd rate them. And uh, John, I'm going to come to you. Hurricane Lane, St. Ledger. What was the rating? Um, I gave him 117 plus. Yeah. The ledger, I thought uh, second, third and fourth pretty much hit the marks in the main. And uh, distance-wise, you, you, you'd struggle to give him any more than that. Obviously, I'm sticking the plus on because I think uh, if he'd come under pressure, I think he'd have found a bit more. Not sure how much, but you know, I'd as a guess, he'd probably top out at around 120. Yeah, really fair assessment, and one I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with. Um, I do feel that Hurricane Lane is like Nick Davis said. Nick Davis made a point for Moho Star in in the, uh, the 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 bar stewards preview, and to be fair to Nick, he's not really far wrong. He he, he just you know, Hurricane Lane put the St. Ledger to bed, really, not through, like, gritty stamina. It was, he put the race to bed through an absolute burst of pace, and the race was done, you know, sort of two out. That was it, finished. Thanks, thanks, thanks for coming. Um, and and so Nick Davis, you know, he, he come out of the race with with, with, with the correct sort of scenario. He, he said the Hurricane Lane had the speed. Um, Moho Star potential, but obviously Moho Star just doesn't have the the, the, the class or the engine uh, to beat a Hurricane Lane. And I was I was chatting to John off air, and we sort of came to the conclusion that if you put Hurricane Lane, Adar, and Minerva, the impressive San Clou winner, yeah, interesting betting on that, Chris. What what will we yeah. be saying for the betting on that? I'm a big Manobo fan, as you know, uh, and I'm going to be an after-timing trumpet merchant here. When I messaged you, I thought the evens uh, earlier in the week, uh, the night before that horse was, was, you know, free money. And it made you wonder, is there something wrong with it? Because, you know, ultimately, I, I made that sort of a 5-2 to two on chance, and uh, that was hugely impressive. You, you could argue that it beat trees, but wow, I mean, it just it was in a different parish. And I, I think I think this horse is one to follow. Wherever they stick it next, I think follow until beaten, as they say. Um, because I, I think that's under the radar. I really do. Yeah, yeah we, 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 we've made no secret on Barstow is what we think to Minerva. And um, thanks to Nick, the Nipper and Dodworth Club. Um, Dodworth Working Men's Club have hammered Minerva overnight before St. Clube. They took all the dirty, you know, absolute dirty, you know, northern folk like they are. You know, they've lined the pockets. They've left me with absolute shillings. <laughs> Um, <laughs> on the horse, you know. Thanks, thanks Nick the Nipper and Dodworth Dodworth Working Men's Club. I, I appreciate your uh, contribution. Yes. yes. Um, anyway, so he, he said, blame, "Blame us, lot." I agree. So they were all on. They were all on Manoeuvre to win that St. Clue race. A very generous price. But again, fascinating. I mean. What, what a cool more thinking, John. Here, right? So you've got Hurricane Lane. You've got a, a day art of Manoeuvre. And, and, and Galileo Spunk ran out, John. <laughs> yeah. Is that the technical term? Is yeah. that the actual medical term? Is yeah. yeah. yeah okay. the, the lads aren't in particularly good shape at the minute. Yeah. 
No. We're a little bit worried about the, the shape of things at the moment. You know, sad sight. Sad sight when billionaires start struggling like this. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the the, the sand rats really have have got have got them by the kahunas at the minute. They've got three. They've probably got three stain stars that would probably uh, destroy anything they've got really. Um, and especially at the minute, Christ, he's got some kit. You know, I mean, as, as we come to um, snowfall today, yeah, I thought I thought in the, in the previous May. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a, a poor ride from the Tory. I thought it was a poor tactical ride. So for anyone that followed Blogger, etc. I mean, Bloggers... Well, once again, uh, Norway, don't you think their overall tactics are absolute shite? I don't know what that was to sit there. You know, and I mean, Ollie Doyle's at that pace, an absolute troll. Yeah. I mean, Ledger Con, who is, is a very, very, very ordinary... Horse at that level. I, 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 I know it sounds really harsh to say that, but the proximity of Ledger Cond, who who made the running, tells you how how badly Snowfall was ridden today. And I know we sort of mentioned Tiona as the winner, and you know she's done it nice. She's quite nice, but obviously Snowfall, I don't think it's really a turn of foot filly. Um, she she you know she showed great stamina. Like I said to you, Lee, I've struggled to give her a rating all year. I have. Yeah, I, I agree. And to Ian Davis's point, Ian Davis, you know, he, I don't think he likes her, and he prefers, you know, he doesn't. He, before today, he didn't understand the betting on the art like we didn't, John. And and I think it's proven. What we're saying today is that maybe Snowfall would have won another day with a better ride. What we're not saying though is. There's, There's no, no way Snowfall wins an arc. No. No. I agree with that. Um, and the betting's been completely wrong throughout the most of the season, but obviously she keeps hacking up against, I think, Phillies that are just, well, you, you know. Well, that, that Orcs was the worst in living memory. She made up to guess, didn't she? Yeah. And, and, and as we said, we mentioned about, we mentioned about Tiona. She, she's she's a very buzzy filly. She she can't she, she's struggled to settle all year. You know she gets to the start, she gets in a muck sweat. Last two starts she won at Windsor, and then she's gone and done that today. She settled a lot better, and I think what you did what you're seeing is a really classy filly that's probably not far off Snowfall. Um, and obviously if Snowfall was only beating Tiona half a length in the Oaks, or all of a sudden you've not got a five to two favourite for the Arc or whatever she was. Um, I, I, I just think again, it, it's kind of hype, and your blogger, how she got beaten, all this rubbish. Yeah, I just don't think she's that good. I think she's a, a she's a good filly, but she's not an art winning filly. And I think we've seen that today because art winning fillies, even from that position, would probably. I mean, what she finished a length in front of Ledger Cond from that, you know, it's it, you know. You, 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 to, to, to be a champion, champion you, you've got to do more than more than what she did today. Um, There's a clear shift in power, isn't there, at the minute? They, 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 you know, Coolmore are in transition. Look at the results, and, and Appleby can't do a thing wrong. So I think this is a period where the balance of power is shifting, I think, for maybe a year or two until um, Coolmore get their act together again. So, But I agree with you. I think Snowfall, pff, not, not for me, for the art at all. 
Yeah, yep. I mean, championing the championing the, the pod again today was obviously we had a we had a very good result in the um, the uh, the pre foy um, with the Japanese horse again a little bit of research and you you know I mean anyone can do it just look on you you know I looked on YouTube I didn't know I had to look at the Japanese horse to see what they were sending over you know big gate really big stride. Um, you know, you know, I knew this, and I, th- I thought to myself, I looked at the level of Japanese form, and I thought, how does Broom beat Deep Bond? And I thought, well, he doesn't. And I couldn't believe the SPs. I mean, you know, literally, I've, I've been out for a liquid lunch. I, I didn't see the race live, but I just couldn't believe the SPs. Everyone was moaning because they said, oh, it's gone off like 15 on Betfair. And I, what are the Japs doing? I mean, the Japs, the Japs normally swarmed the Turks. I mean, where, where are they? Where are they, John? God knows. I mean, that was ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the third was the eye-catcher, Irizine. I felt that was just out of its ground a little bit. But I did feel that the, the Japanese winner was a better horse than Broom, as, as I thought he would be. And I just I just didn't understand the prices. Bonkers. Um, but anyway, it won't win an arc. But, I mean, it's... It, it, it's it showed its quality. It's, it's what is it, a length and a half better than Broom? So it probably finished about 10th in an arc. Um, so I think that's that's where we are with the uh, with the pre foy. Um, the pre DL, I didn't have much opinion in. Uh, any any opinions in that? No, not especially. I thought it was a race. Yeah, I thought that was the, the weakest. Um, you know, of the of, of all the all the trials really. Didn't really didn't really see anything there. Um Curra today. Uh, we had a just an amazing card. Um the Moidler, uh, the, the the Blanford Stakes, the group two bar the quarter fillies. Obviously the pod got lucky with the nod on La Petite Coco. Um Yeah, I mean I mean that that's that's the game, isn't it? I mean it wasn't the fact that she's a much better filly than Love. It was the fact I felt the prices were wrong. Love all summer's been running to what one fifteen, one sixteen. Even in the Prince of Wales win, you couldn't give her much more than that. And you're thinking with the Group One penalty, so that means La Petite Coco has only got to improve three pound, of which she's been doing it on the Billy Idol. You're thinking, well, how can she be four to one, nine to two this morning? Didn't make sense. And you know, fortunately, if if you follow on the pod, we managed that one. Um, he's a good trainer, Paddy Toomey, isn't he? He's no mug. Um, he's, he's a tremendous trainer. trainer. Um, he, he's no fool. I mean, he, he had got a bit of bad luck, quite a bit of bad luck yesterday. Um, so obviously, but you know, he he's never far away when he he doesn't tilt at windmills. He's no fool, and I think he's underrated by the market actually. So you know, if he, if it had been somebody else, it'd been the baby Joseph. That would have been a, sort of a nine to four chance, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then we, we had the boil over in the flying five. Um, not surprising, really. I mean, glass slippers always train for the arc, and you know, it, it, it's kind of, I mean, glass slippers as, as, as she's run a, a fantastic race anyway in third. Um, she did because she traveled fantastic, in that yeah, absolutely brilliant. You know, I mean, uh, Get this out of the ground in the Abbey. It should be uh, very dangerous against the Frog, I would have thought. Well, well, I think that's it. I think you've got to look at the draw, and it's between her and the Frog. <coughs> comes out on top on, on on Abbey Day. I think it literally is like that. Um, winter Power, obviously, you know, it, it didn't it did go it did go for um, uh, Tim Tim's filly that day. 
Um, as we've seen, I mean, Nick Davis was was right to be concerned, but maybe he, she didn't show a form anyway there. But she is, for me, I think she's a York filly. I think that course just suits her down to the ground, blast off, and you know when she gets it right, she's she's fast. Um, but yeah, so that was that. Um, and then we go to the um, the two year old races. Which I, which I thought was very interesting, very interesting really. I, I, was I was quite shocked to see a Garth a beat uh, when she had, you know, she managed to get the lead, etc. Uh, I thought it was probably going to be over. And then I was quite surprised to see Jesse's uh, discoveries go past her in the final furlong. Um, I, I was disappointed. I thought a Garth would win uh, after, after getting that sort of lead. Uh, so that was a disappointment for me. Any, any thoughts on the on the fillies? I, th- I thought Jesse's filly showed a lot of guts uh, to to come and win that. Race. I mean, she's shitting winners at the minute. I mean, I mean, literally, she had an amazing weekend. I mean, there might be some carrots. <laughs> well, they could be. I mean, I, I always think that with Jesse's yard, they 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 really do fire on and off. Um, and and when they're on fire, the weekend she's had, it, that it probably no surprise. But then, then we come to the uh, Vincent O'Brien National, and what a performance that was! And and the one thing I'm going to take from this, I'm going to come to you, John, first, right? If you looked at Nate, right, look at the Philly, look at the look at the physical nature of Native Trail and Point Lonsdale. Native Trail seemed to have grown about four foot. It was a mass, massive animal. Um, it, it just looked bigger. It looked stronger. It looked it, it looks as though it improved. God knows how much um, since when last seen. And and, and that performance, it was a, it was nearly a second quicker than the Phillies race. So, so that, that looks, looks that, that just looks like guineas. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, he's, he's run well enough to win a guineas there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the farm's there for a guineas winner. Is, is it a good enough figure there, I think, to, to win a guineas? Well, when you consider that Ebro River, um, you know, beat Doctor's M, um, you, I mean, you, can, you can put whatever level you want on that, but it's four lengths behind. Uh, Point Lonsdale has, has beaten everything before him, um, you know, unbeaten record. That's their that's their champion two year old. You know it is. Um, there's nothing better than that that they've got at the moment. Um, and it's just slammed it. And it just slammed it. It's it's as if it was still a bit. I not say green at the line, but it was like as if to say, well, what's this? Um, I mean, if that ain't a Guinness Guinness winning performance, then I think you're struggling. You'll not see any maiden winner this season. You could win a maiden by ten lengths. I don't. I don't think you're getting anywhere near this in terms of form and time. A second quicker than the Phillies race. So basically, you're already five lengths better than the Moyglair Phillies winner. Well, if that trains on and physically the way that's developed since since July, I would say Native Trail. If you're an anti-purse punter, I think you need to get back in now. I know. It's Appleby shitting, when is I think probably got Al Zaruni back doing the feeding, haven't they? Well, it, it could be. I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing. I mean, you know, we, we don't know what goes off our e-juice, etc. And we know it happens, and we know it's it goes on in the sport. But that's some performance. Yeah. Uh, winning that by uh, by three point five. 
Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, it was just just a, a cracking weekend's racing. I see Godolphin went to just shy of a million euros to buy the uh, the half sister in August. Really? Yeah. Right. Now, now that is interesting. There you go. Can. Why don't you tell us beforehand? <laughs> that <laughs> is interesting. Like now. That is in, that is interesting because you, know, you know that that kind of I mean I mean have, have, has anyone seen any anti post betting for the for next year's guineas? I haven't. No. No. Dial it up now. What's your talking? Let's see. Um, I, yeah, I think let, let, let's see if we can find some anti person because for, I, I cannot see any other performance this season beating that. Now I mean it's seven or four for the Jewess his native trail. Um, yeah. I mean, if it, they'll probably go for the Jewess, but if it were mine, I wouldn't bother. I'd just, I'd just bring it out next year. Um, Native Trail is five to one for next year's two thousand guineas. Yeah. Um, there's nothing I have seen. Point Lonsdale have been if it had won that late, that did. I would think it would have been six to four. Yeah, I agree with that. That would be mighty short if that were the one. Yeah. yeah, you can get five to one native trail for the two thousand guineas. Uh, that's with Bet three six five and Paddy Power and Betfair. Yeah, I suggest if if you if you like your anti purse bets, um, yeah, things can go wrong. But if that turns up on the day, you're probably looking at an odds on chance. Um, yeah, there we go. Native trail. Can't argue on time. Can't argue on form. Can't argue on physical. No. Uh, nature. So, because so, I, I think it keeps progressing. So, that could be a bar steward's uh, bet there. We've got the Cambridge uh, Uncle Brid. Um, that's, that, uh, the, we, we mentioned that on the sermon. Um, that's currently a best price now, six to one uh, from eight. Um, I think that goes off shorter, to be honest. I really fancy it. I think that is a really class animal. Yeah, I think you just need a bit of luck with the pace and the draw and make sure you're not on a, on a wrong side or a, or a pace, but some, some kind of new market bias that you randomly get. And I think Uncle Brid can row in, the, row in for us on the on Cambridge today. I thought I thought eight to one was big, that. Um, right, anything else you'd like to add for this weekend, chaps? I thought uh, it was nice to say uh, Sonny by listening Frank in the Aber farm. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I mean, this this is the thing. I mean, we felt uh, this year's Ebor was good, um, and I, and I know for a fact John will be itching to see, to see where Max Vegas plotted up next because John, I mean, obviously John John was like. He dropped through the floor, blessing after Max Vega's running the e-board. I think everyone can see Max Vega probably would have. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say he probably could have won. I mean, it would have been tight. It would have certainly been tight, and and it it, it was a desperate one. So I know John keeps probably tapping on racing purse. Max Vega, Max Vega, where's this one? Yeah, he could be now. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Max Vega. I mean, could it be? Has he got it entered up anywhere, John? Not as far as I know, right? I mean, yeah. Oh, my only point would be, and I think John, this will resonate with John. 
I think he put a tweet out, hopefully it's not today, than yesterday, is who on earth wants to be an owner with David Simcock? You know, how, how who pays the bills? Just, right, yeah. Just extraordinary lack of... It's not, not that he's got a lack of ammunition, because obviously that's excusable. You know, some, some trainers just don't have the ammo. But this guy has got well-handicapped animals and he just underperforms, not just by a bit, but massively. And I just don't know how owners stand for that. I mean, you know, I could be wrong, but they've just ridden almost without exception the wrong way. Uh, I just don't, I don't get it. I just don't get how he still gets support from big owners. It's unbelievable. Well, Mystifying, isn't it? It is. Well, it is mystifying. Yeah, baffling actually. Well, Jeremy Gaff was was a very decent trainer in Australia, and he's gone back to Australia. But I mean, when he come over here, he literally held everything up. In fact, it was so funny. It honestly, it doesn't matter what it was. It didn't matter what race it was. It could be five furlong. It could be a front running course. It could be it could be quick ground. He would hold it up last or next to last and come with a late withering run. And he wondered why he was on two percent. Mm. Couldn't, couldn't understand it. Couldn't, couldn't understand, understand how he couldn't train winners here and could train winners in Australia. Baffling. I, I mean, these, these chaps are just like baffling mentally. And it's same with Simcock. Every single horse he has is taught to just drop out last and come with a late withering run every single time. You've got to be. I mean, there's no wonder he's losing horses. There's no wonder the man is losing horses because. You've got to be some kind of imbecile to think that's how every horse has got to be ridden. It's the same as the kill. Every horse doesn't have to make the running. You know, it's you've, you, the best trainers for me are the ones that can spot the characters and what, what they probably want themselves, you know, and, and look at the horse individually and say, well, this horse can quicken. So we don't want to make running with this. Right, okay. But Johnston won't. But if Johnston had got an horse that can quicken, he'd just think, well, make running anyway and quicken off at front. Exactly, yeah. You know, but that's what you're dealing with. And Simcock's the same. I mean, at least with Johnston, I mean, you know, like 80% of the time, the front's probably the handiest place to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so he gets gifted a lot of races. But, I mean, any perusal of any sort of stats would tell Simcock that he's pissing into a fast 10 isn't he yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing is it, I, I, is it lazy or is it the lack of just lack of understanding or they just can't be bothered i i can't fathom it but who's I, I, chris i just think some, some, some trainers do not like to lead they always like to teach the horses to settle yeah. to to you know to be able to quicken up and i think that's how a lot of trainers think but <laughs> you know good luck with that um, you know, you, you, you just, it's, I mean, yeah, by all means, teach a horse to settle. No one's saying, but you can, you can teach a horse to settle and get a lead and sit second or third. You don't have to sit last. But sometimes you've got to win, haven't you? That's what the game well, is about. It's exactly that. And, and, and I, I, I mean, if someone knows Dave Simcock that listens to this, point into this podcast and we'll live in, we'll double strike rate. We'll double strike rate. This is the question. Absolutely. Yeah, he will. He'll say that. Get him on. I'd love to hear his reasoning for everything sitting last. Yeah, I would. I'd just say, how can you do that? When you can see the stats, you can see everything else, how racing works on tracks, on, you know, you ride the same at every track, every different venue. It's Spencer on or it's Hayley Turner and it's dropped them out. Do nothing. 
I get it with the younger horse. Yeah, I buy that teaching, but he's teaching like seven year old handicappers. I mean, how long do they take to learn? You know, it's bizarre. I mean, it's a shame because the man can train. I am not, the man can train. There's no question about that. But what on earth? How we, I get it that, you know, you could send an horse up as a six furlong gallop and gallop them at one pace. They probably come one pace animals. And probably Simcox teaches horses to settle and quicken up. I would suggest his tactics are costing him 20 winners a year, whereas they're probably gaining the kilt 60 winners a year. Well, that, that's precisely it, John. You've seen how many of the kilts pinched every year. I mean, for his stats. I think he's a very poor trader in the kilt. I mean, for the, for the horse flesh he gets, um, if you give that same horse flesh to, I would say, probably 70% of trainers in, in the UK, uh, they would have a better success than Mark Johnson with his horses. I, I think it's Spencer. I mean, I, I know people say, oh, well, don't back him then. Well, I don't. So, so I can speak freely. I think it's just sort of handing the tactics over to jockeys and do what you think's best. Well, we know Jamie Spencer tends to ride one way. And I think it, I think it's down to that. I really do. Um, yeah, that's the common denominator, isn't it? Jamie Spencer, really. Yeah, he doesn't do that when the money's down. When he was riding them things for Barney Curley that were getting punted yeah. sideways, yeah. they weren't sitting cooking last. No. That, that thing you rode at York in the Tomiler at the Aber meeting. As soon as that was in a bit of a dodgy position down the back, he was riding it to, to get a better position. Yeah, that's true. Actually. He does not have to sit pausing at the back, and he doesn't when the money's down. No, that that's a good point. I hadn't hadn't thought about the correlation between tactics and uh, market support, but yeah, it, it, it's it's absolutely bizarre, and it's day after day after day. It's not the odd race where people moan and groan about, oh well. Too far out of its ground. It's every race, and as Lee says, irrespective of whether it's five furlongs or two miles, is going to be in the going to be in, in last or near last. Weird. I don't know. I'm sure yeah. there's a good reason for it, but I, I have to say I haven't fathomed it yet. Okay, folks, I'm going to call. I'm going to draw stumps there because I need some more gin um, uh, to, to finish the evening. But also, I want to leave you all with 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 a thought. Mucky Venetia. <laughs> That's the quote of the show so far. Mucky Venetia. You could, you could, you could, you could. She could be in a wellies on the gallops when you know the mud flying. But, you know. Would you have her keeping that hat on with the feathers she wears? And a pair of green hunters. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you imagine. I want to leave uh, our listeners with a mental image of Venetia at the end of this show. Mucky Venetia. What's your mental image? Get in touch. That's all from me, John, and Chris tonight. We're back on Friday as usual uh, with more absolute rubbish for the uh, Air Gold Cup meeting uh, of all meetings that we we might tip Ostilio for the 48th time. Um, this season, we might not. We might say no bollocks to that. But anyway, that we hope you enjoyed the show. Um, we certainly have, and um, we'll be back on Friday. Bye for now.